Hey Jeeper, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got some fresh news out of the automotive world about a Jeep that we haven't seen since 1992. Is it just a rumor, or is it something more? And what happened to this one Jeep dealership in New Jersey? We've got all the details coming up in just a little bit. What if it is time for the Jeep Comanche to return to the Jeep world? Oh, no. Ford Bronco came <laughs> to rival the Jeep Wrangler. The Ford Maverick was a neat car back in the day that is now a popular tiny truck. And the Chevy Blazer, well, that pretty much destroyed its heritage with the abomination we see on the roads today. Now, rumors suggest that the Jeep Comanche is next on the block, and speculation in the automotive world is, well, absolutely running wild. Is it possible that Jeep that the Jeep Comanche could make its return soon? Now, across each vehicle brand, people want a single-cab truck, and companies are taking notice. Plus, the tiny truck world is exploding as the Ford Maverick breaks all kinds of sales records. Also, there are solid rumors pointing towards Toyota and Chevy getting back into the small truck game as well. However, the Maverick is the top option to beat as of now, as of the end of 2022. It's the perfect time for the Comanche or a single-cab Jeep truck to stun the competition. While the Jeep Gladiator is great for those with towing and hauling needs, it's big for a mid-sized truck and probably too big for a lot of people out there. Now, as many of you may know, the longer wheelbase of the Gladiator isn't the best for things like rock climbing and narrow trails without the truck being well modified. But a smaller truck could be better equipped for climbing and adventuring as we've seen for decades with the Wrangler and its short wheelbase. So how would Jeep make this little truck if they decided to do so? What platform could it be based off of if the automaker was to move forward with this plan? Well, the Jeep Comanche could be based on the Jeep Renegade, like the Ford Maverick is based on the Ford Escape. Now, if we go back in the time machine to 2020, we can take a look at the J6 concept Jeep that was unveiled at the Easter Jeep Safari for that year, which arguably gave Greg Henderson of unofficial use only the inspiration behind the 2022 Quadratech build for SEMA. Now, also, if you remember, the original Jeep Comanche was based on the Cherokee XJ back in the day, so we can't count out a Cherokee-based option just yet. Now, I know here on the Jeep Talk Show, we have long bashed the Renegade for its diminutive size and lack of any serious off-road chops. However, for many out there, it is considered an incredibly capable little off-roader that can venture right off the showroom floor and into the wild. Hell, Jeep themselves even dragged one through the world-famous Rubicon Trail, <laughs> so it has to be able to do some kind of wheeling, right? Now, anyways, the Jeep Comanche could have an edge on the incredibly well-selling Ford Maverick by using a traditional body-on-frame build. This would clearly make it far more durable for off-roading and would dramatically increase its suspension travel potential. But as we all know, this is far more likely to be a unibody design. Vehicles like the Ford Maverick and Hyundai Santa Cruz have a unibody build much like the XJ did back in the day, which helps them handle more like an SUV and less like a truck. Okay, so the possibility of the compact single-cab Jeep truck is real. We know what platforms it could be based off of and who its direct competition would be. But what about the engine that would power this compact single-cab little Jeep truck? Well, rumors suggest that the Jeep Comanche could borrow from the Rene Jeep Renegade as well. But when has the Renegade gotten any fresh updates? It has had the same 1.3-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine with about 177 horsepower and around 200 pound-feet of torque for a, well, a while now. And I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen an update yet, as we are way past the usual mid-cycle refresh that Jeep has had a track record of doing. Now, there are ideas about a new PHEV setup with around 240 horsepower available, but really, a hybrid truck or a Comanche 4XE would probably arrive first. But 
We are still waiting, however, on the Jeep Renegade 4XE that is also rumored to arrive in the U.S. soon, so there may be some intended market testing embedded in there somewhere as well. I don't really know. Besides, other countries would likely also have a turbo diesel model of the Jeep Comanche should it actually come to fruition, so that would be interesting to see. To truly be competitive, however, the powertrain and chassis of the Jeep Comanche would have to be capable of actually towing something, somewhere around 5,000 pounds or so, to match the Hyundai Santa Cruz and outmuscle the Ford Maverick. So will any of this actually happen? Well, it's a little too early to tell right now, but the rumor mill is saying that we might hear more as early as the first quarter of 2023. So stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show for the latest news from the Jeep world twice a week. Man, it would be so cool to have a... Uh uh, the Comanche uh, comeback, the 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 one with the uh, on, based on the XJ design. Yeah, I I mean, obviously that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, maybe even you know uh, a pickup based on the Commander, uh, the you know vehicle yeah, that yeah. was arguably going to uh, you know uh, be the next generation Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all water under the bridge uh, for now, though. Sadly. And it's, uh, Again, sadly, because it's probably never going to be. Only uh, we can only count on the name coming back because <laughs> there's history. Really, because that. that that is pretty <laughs> much all that they can do at this point is not wow us with design. Instead, uh, just sort of I don't know, mild us with regurgitation of name badges. You know, based on well, a, pre- a previous story, I would recommend they seriously look at uh, using the compass because it can take out patrol cars and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry, Wendy. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say I'm really hoping that whatever they do, if they choose to do this, it actually is something that's functional and not just yeah. Let's try to get you know, like let's actually kick Ford's, you know what, and do it right. So they just need nah. to really, you know, make it they just actually usable and functional, and let's do it. They just need to bring back the scrambler. Like, quit dicking it around. <laughs> Like, gosh dang it. Like, everyone just wants a scrambler. Just make a scrambler, man. Like, why ple- Why keep, like, playing around this thing? It's so okay. true. We all want our original Jeep love to come back. It is really what it boils down to. Right. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show. With Wendy. There will be body damage. Jock. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Jock. Yeah, I don't think so. And well, I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, howdy, it's Wendy. And on this episode, the JTS team is going to share their favorite item on board while wheeling. Is yours the same? And this is Chuck, and I've been doing this for a while, and I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, you can't use the same line on us that you use on your wife. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to make my co-host You're nervous. You're supposed to be in the room. <laughs> just just my voice. Room. Just my voice, right? <laughs> it, only happens, it only happened once. I swear to God, it's never happened before. <laughs> It happens to all of us. It's usually too much alcohol. So this is going to make my co-host uh, nervous. Do you ever forget how to swallow? Next time, the- next time you're drinking something, think about it. Call in and let us know what happened. <laughs> is it just me? I have problems with left and right. And if I think about swallowing, I'm going, oh, crap. How do I do that? <laughs> I could just see the calls coming in now because uh-huh, yeah. I misunderstood the question. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've never forgot how to swallow. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Save us, Josh. 
Well, how about getting back to the news? <laughs> Thank you. Please. That's the fun stuff. The super fun Jeep talk show news. Yes. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Actually, kind of a slow news uh, week uh, in, in the world of Jeep this week. But uh, nonetheless, the Ocean Township of New Jersey was rocked around 9.15 p.m. the day after Christmas of 2022 when a Jeep dealership broke out in flames. Both police and firefighters were dispatched to the Seaview Jeep dealer on Route 35 to investigate reports of smoke and an active alarm. Police arrived on the scene first and confirmed the smoke condition. Further investigation led to confirmation of a working structure fire in the back end of the service area. A full first alarm was called at this point. The first engine company stretched a hose line to the B side of the building where police were reporting the heaviest amount of smoke was coming from. An extra two and a half inch hose line was also pulled off of the engine. Crews made a quick knock of the fire inside, but a second alarm was called anyways. An Ashbury Park Fire Department Tower 89 arrived next and went to the roof to provide ventilation. The cause of the fire is unknown at this time and is currently under investigation by the Monmouth County Fire Marshal's Office. When was the last time you guys saw, I mean, a, a structure fire, let alone one at a dealership? Yeah, it's been a while, and I'm kind of wondering, until we hear exactly what the cause was, we can speculate, right? Does it seem, you know, was the dealership doing fine? Did insurance job, yeah. Sort of an insurance thing? <laughs> you know, what's going on here? And well, how no, many Jeeps were j- damaged? <laughs> maybe just shit happens. It, Maybe it, it can. Yeah, it definitely can. You know, I think it's Shit. because, because they, the city wouldn't honor their request. They were trying to get the, <sighs> the street name changed from Seaview to Sea Test and Drive. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes don't get any better, but they're consistent. Yes, they're consistently <laughs> bad. And now, now for I'm, Nikki I'm, G. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you say bad. <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see if we're going to find a, uh, uh, you know, a 4XE, the cause of the fire. Oh. You know, they had one in service and the thing spontaneously combusted or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. the battery. I, can, I don't know. What I can say to this is that there has been a few similar type of fires out here in my neck of the woods over the last maybe five, six, seven years or so. Um, not dealership fires. But fires starting in small, <laughs> but, but they were dealers. <laughs> no, I mean actually just oh. down the road for me. I mean, not even a minute and ninety second drive. You could be in the parking lot of the place that I'm talking about, and um, it's a small motorcycle repair shop. Um, they're right on an arterial road, um, and so you can see their quote unquote showroom floor. Not much to it, but uh, nonetheless, they are right there, right off the street, and. You know, we've heard the stories about a bucket of oily rags catching fire, spontaneous combustion. It does happen. Um, And that is exactly what happened to this this, uh, place just right down the street from me. Um, Now, that being said, there was another automotive repair shop, uh, just another town over just last year that caught fire, um, quote unquote, uh, you know, suspicious circumstances uh, because the business had not exactly been doing great, not exactly in the best part of town, you know, that sort of thing. And so, you know, conjecture would lead you to believe that, okay, maybe the owner decided to set fire. Now with an automotive center like that, you know, service center, obviously there are a lot of accelerants that can be in there. And so it's, it's almost impossible to tell whether it was arson or not, just because of the amount of petroleum distillates that are in the building at the time of the fire. So, you know, you've got you know, canisters under pressure and things like that. Stuff gets sprayed, exploded, you know, put everywhere. And, of course, it makes the fire even worse and harder to put out. 
Now, that didn't seem to be the case here at this dealership service center, where obviously things are probably um, under a lot more control, a lot more organization, a lot you know cleaner environment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, this could have still been something as simple as a bucket of rags. I wonder if these places have uh, fire uh, suppression systems uh, built in. I guess the area that they have to cover might make it uh, cost prohibitive, though. I would believe in the actual showroom itself and in the administrative offices, possibly even in the parts department uh, with the amount of uh, inventory that a dealership would carry uh, as far as automotive parts goes. Um, There's a significant amount of investment in in that part of the building alone, let alone typically on the showroom floor, you've got some of the best of the best. And so you don't want those burning to the ground. Uh, obviously, there's going to be insurance involved and things like that. There's going to be all kinds of coverage to protect that sort of stuff in the dealership from that loss. But nonetheless, um, you know, there's. I would imagine that the focus of any fire suppression systems would be in these areas versus in the service center. So let me ask you, Chuck, if you if you don't mind talking about this, have you guys? Uh, uh, Chuck yeah. uh, builds uh, barn dominiums out there in uh, Kansas and various other places. Uh, have you had no. any issues with uh, uh, barn dominiums that you were building uh, actually have a fire or catch on fire? No, we do 100% metal. So one of the things that uh, kind of changes us from most people or most barn dominium builders is we do not do wood structures. Everything is an open web, uh, red iron truss, and then metal, um, you would call them studs, we'll mm-hmm. call them girts right. and purlins. So everything is uh, is 100% metal which helps with the insurance for long-term because you actually get a uh, fire rating that's a lot lower than a wood structure. Are you and guys then, doing of course, the inside walls still looks- or oh. cementuous siding, or what are you guys uh, doing on your exteriors? Just out of curiosity, just real quick, just morbid curiosity. Yeah, so we, we can actually do a plethora of things. So we've done rock facade, we've done um, steel, we've done a lot of different things, nine-inch rib, uh, standing seam. Uh, we actually can do composite roofs on all of these things. So kind of you get that home feel, but it's all industrial metal on the inside, all the guts, the bones, you know, of the structures metal. And we do that because of the fireation. Yeah. Because we have a lot of uh, wildfires out here in the Midwest. So is it, is it just that, that or is it the cost of lumber out there? I mean, out here in the Pacific Northwest, we, we've got, you know, obviously a lot more trees than maybe you do, you know, per, per you know, acre of land in the, in the entire state. But, uh, but with that said, we do a lot Wait. of timber frame stuff out here, and that might be because, just, uh, because of our yeah, proximity so. to the, the lumber and, and, sure. uh, and processors and stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, I had a contract with Georgia Pacific, which is actually out of your neck of the woods, and we used to get semi-loads at a time, you know, we five or six semi-loads. So, I mean, getting lumber out here is not that big of a deal. Um, it's, you know, wood structures are very, very common in, in Kansas, you know, in, in Missouri and Oklahoma and, and um, Nebraska and everything, Colorado that I build. But uh, just the, the red iron structure is really the, I would consider it a superior build because we have a lifetime guarantee you know, because of there is no rot, there is no weather issues, you know, there, there's, there's, you, minus having a, you know, multi-thousand degree temperature fire, you're not going to screw up red iron steel. Yeah, yeah, right? no doubt. 
It, well, it, and the, uh, look, this falls right in line, Chuck, with, with your your preference for Jeeps too. You do, you don't like plastic. You don't like composite Jeeps. You <laughs> like right. metal Jeeps. <laughs> That's you correct. Know, you don't plastic. do composite. You don't do wood buildings. You do the metal building. So I mean, this just this is just par for the course right. as far as you're concerned, Chuck. Is every building you call you build called a scrambler, uh, at least unofficially? <laughs> secretly secretly yeah and and actually all of my contracts say thank you for the us letting us build your scrambler for you and the (laughs) wives always go what and the husbands go dude you're so cool and your and their signature (laughs) verifies that they agree with the name scrambler (laughs) exactly yeah so uh, so uh, we've already gone down a rabbit hole so let me go down this rabbit hole with you josh oh dear i have been seeing a lot of videos out of portland oregon of cars sliding and doing pirouettes on the ice rink have have you had any problems with the ice on the roads or is that specific Mm. spots i guess uh uh, inclines and declines where all this stuff is going on are you asking about specifically to this latest uh, yes. weather? Yeah, well, uh, th- th- it's we all had. recent. Yeah, it's all recent videos I've been seeing I mean, yeah. on TikTok. We get, snow, we get snow and ice up here almost every year. Uh, so ice rain, uh, freezing rain, freezing fog, you know, all that kind of stuff is really m- no big deal to us out here. Now, that being said, there has been a couple of uh, a couple of instances where everything was shut down. And we're talking about a, a everything coated in at least if not more than a half inch of solid ice <laughs> not snow what? not compact ice no. yeah. Frozen, like yes ice wow so when you look at the trees imagine. every branch every branch is like an inch thick yeah because it it's has so cool looking it's beautiful yeah. it's gotta be pretty though you it cannot is. get into your vehicle without without chiseling the door open that that oh I'm, that's how serious this 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 has I been. I hear twerking so works as well. Couple, <laughs> we've had a couple of, of instances like that to where to where it just it shuts everything down. And so there's no driving if you can't get into your vehicle without taking the real potential risk of breaking a window or something like that. So you wow. know, I mean, this last this last um, uh, little event that we had wasn't that serious. We got maybe a quarter oh, inch, uh, maybe, maybe three sixteenths of, uh, of of some freezing rain. Um, and so, yes, it, there was some snow mixed in, and yes, it did ca- you know cause some issues and, and whatnot. Um, I didn't have to go out in all of that. I had Friday off. Uh, of course, you know, we there was the the holiday weekend and everything, right. uh, and all that's, that. That's um, lucky. Yeah, and, I was good. I was, I was yeah. concerned that it was going to cause you issues for for your no, job because I was. Prepared. I was prepared for it all and everything. And so well, we I guess because so. it you know, for, for a safety issue and everything else. I mean, Thursday there was a massive windstorm that came through here. We did have some damage that was associated with that. I had a section of my fence actually blow down. Um, so I had to uh, had to fix that as well. But um, but no, I mean this is all sort of part of living in the Northwest. You deal with these sort of things. They come up frequently. You know how to deal with them. You you get fair amount of advance notice for them. At least I did with this uh, this last event. And so I was able to prepare and, and had everything all stocked up. And we didn't have to leave the house for nothing for three or four days easy. So I think nice. it got down to 16 here, which is very unusual for this area. That's and, very uh, cold for you. Yeah, and I tried I tried cooking an, a, a raw egg out on the sidewalk, but I think I got my my weather related issues confused with uh, with Texas. But uh, yeah, no, I just saw I saw a lot of the uh, of the the spinning cars and running into other cars, and you know uh, the news, and I think I think also too some of the social media stuff. They show what's the most interesting, but not necessarily something most that's happening to everybody. Yeah. So I was just curious if it if it was something that well, you and, saw on a, on honestly, a daily basis. 
Honestly, Tony, a lot of the footage that you saw was in areas where either there was a fair amount of elevation change. That's what I was um, thinking. Or it was non-arterial roads, meaning this was back roads, neighborhoods, that sort of thing where they're not treated for, you know, it's not, they don't throw down right. the, um, and I forgot what it is. It's like a sodium nitrate or something like that that mm -hmm. they put down on the roads as, as the, uh, the anti-icer. Um, we don't use salt up here. Uh, just last year, I think they started using it uh, very selectively in some of the worst known areas that have very, very steep hills and stuff like that. I mean, I live in a very, very hilly region of the Northwest, a lot of elevation change and stuff like that. So, so yeah, you're going to have to deal with that sort of stuff. But um, that being said, you get out of your neighborhood and it's like, oh, well, much to do about nothing. The roads are <laughs> yeah. fine. They're clear for the most part. They're treated. You might have to deal with some slush, mm -hmm. you know, and depending on the wind chill and stuff like that, you know, you got to, you know, give yourself a little bit of extra braking distance and all that sort of stuff. But if you have two brain cells to rub together, know how to drive in the <laughs> snow safely. Or if you're and, not and from out of town. <laughs> exactly. Then, then that's you, the key you, right you know, there. <laughs> typically you prepare so you don't have to deal with it. And if you do have to deal with it, you've got the experience and the know-how to deal with it properly. Mm -hmm. And those who don't are just, well, yeah. I could go it, on. It makes on. complete exactly. sense. It makes complete sense because anything that happened here, the news, you know, with tropical events and stuff, the news would show specific areas all the time. And if you were from here, you knew what was going on. Yeah, And, and, exactly. and I should have realized that with what was going up there. But it, it's a, it seems like it was an unusual storm system, at least to, to me, because it got so cold here. Uh, we, we didn't have any issues at all. So, I mean, we got down to 14 last year when we lost power. So it was only, it got within two degrees of what we went through last year. Well, I think uh, it was 2016 was the last year that we had this cold of temperatures. So, I mean, again, we, we see snow. We don't, maybe, maybe not see a, an actual, you know, accumulation of snow every single year. We'll get a dusting at the very least. Uh, usually every three or four or five years, we'll get a nice big hit. And every couple few years, there's a nice big ice rain event. But we usually see at least a little bit of, a little bit of it every year. So, okay. it's just sort of. You just got to deal with it and the kind of stuff you see every year. Yeah, just curious. I've been wanting to ask you, so I thought I'd uh, jump in here real quick. Thanks, uh, for, thanks for answering. Yeah, and hey, we'd thank you a lot if you go ahead and give us a call and let us know what you have to say about any tips or anything that you'd uh, have to share about with, with uh, anything you've heard here on the show. Uh, any response to our stories, anything that you'd like for us to report on, or you just want to say hi, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how you can reach out with each and every one of us or the whole show at once. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, be sure to tell your friends about what's on the 4x4 Radio Network. We've got the web's best internet uh, off-road shows all in one place. That's right. We've got the On the Trail podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast. Of course, the Jeep Talk Show is there. It's the internet's best off-roading podcast all in one place, and it's all for free. So tell your friends. Go to number four, the letter X, and the number four, radionetwork.com. That's four by four, radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. You guys ever watch uh, movies and shows and stuff and you see the size of the cell phone or the size of the computer screen yes. that they're using yeah. and you go, oh God, they're this old. is so old. I have, yes. a, I have a prediction. Uh, you just said it, Josh, the best internet podcast uh, shows available and in in the future people will hear that and go oh my god everything's on the internet now they're actually but they're actually saying that because it was new kind of new at the time and it's going to mm -hmm. be it's going to be like the big monitors and the big cell phones uh in in the the when you listen to shows so it's uh, i firmly believe that uh all, the internet just like it did with music and many other things oh uh long distance phone calls you remember those 
<laughs> so yeah. I think that the internet is going to radically change things. It already has, and it it will much into the future. And people will be reminded, uh, oh, that's like a rotary phone. I remember my uh, my grandparents telling me about a rotary phone. That was so strange. I remember when you could get the Jim Talk Show on a track. <laughs> that's right. I was actually trying to. It's funny. I was actually trying to do an artificial, intelligently drawn image of an a track that I was going to put the Jeep Talk Show on. <laughs> I don't think there's any copyright or anything that you have to worry about <laughs> that, Tony. Probably there's not. Exactly. You need to incorporate AI for something like that. Yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. But I had it, and it's fun to play with. But that, yeah, and that and the cassette thing. I think it, it is. Uh, um, on the Trail Podcast with Kevin Scott, uh, uh, Kevin actually or Scott actually did the turn to side B of your turn your cassette to, <laughs> to side B, which was that's hilarious. Right. There was A and B. I that's right, because that. you had to flip it over. You know, you only got that's about right. uh, yeah. anywhere from thirty to uh, an hour, thirty minutes to an hour on a on the one side of a cassette uh, per side. Yep. So, Josh, do you remember what episode? I uh, shame, uh, sorry for putting you on the spot on this, but do you remember what episode you were talking about the hundred and seventy thousand dollar buyback of a Jeep? Uh, it was recent, it was, wasn't it? It was just a couple yeah, of that ago. Was recent. So what, like seven twenty or seven? Um, that was uh, that was about a um, a Jeep that was uh, part a of a lemon law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, uh, issue. In I California, believe that was episode seven thirty two. Okay, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're out of uh, out of California. Uh, where um, a couple had purchased a Jeep, had one issue after another, um, and and yeah, hundred and seventy thousand uh, dollars worth of problems yeah, apparently. Which, which well, well, it didn't make that, sense. I mean, yeah, they they bought the Jeep in twenty twenty one for around sixty five thousand dollars. So there's 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 part of it. Obviously, they're going to have a lot of attorney fees. There's there's probably a hundred grand sure. of it right there. So yeah. you know, they probably made five thousand dollars out of the whole deal with yeah. one hundred and seventy. No, especially no, California. They, they had to spend five thousand dollars. Anyway, That's this right. is this is what this voicemail is about. I just wanted to set this up so you guys know what what this guy's uh, complaining okay. about. So yeah, okay. episode seven thirty two. There you go. Thank you. All right, I'm not going to disguise my voice, but Josh, if your piece of crap Jeep, <laughs> brand new. <laughs> didn't work for over two years and you just want a jeep back they're crazy then some bitch is lucky that guy didn't come up there and kill everybody come on should have been 250 not 169.99.99 jesus i like jeeps and all but they're lucky i'm not gonna change my voice without caution these people are very very lucky I like him a lot. <laughs> That's California for you, though. Oh uh, well, I, I don't think the caller was from California. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so either. But I said the old settlement, you know, oh, no, no, for I a sixty-nine thousand dollar Jeep. Yeah, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> what? Where's the noob? Noob, 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 hey, noobie, noobie, noob nugget. It's time for noobie nuggets. Well, if you've been wheeling for any length of time and you're like us, we have lots of tools, gadgets, recovery gear, and who knows whatever else on board if you do a lot of wheeling. Now, if you're new to wheeling, well, buckle up because you will be adding items as you wheel more. Whether you hear a suggestion on the Jeep Talk Show or you notice that your buddy has and something and you want it. Yeah, it's a Jeep thing. Now, you can visit thejeeptalkshow.com and look for episodes 426 and 533 for a list of items that I suggest to carry on board when you're new. And while you're there, check out all of our past episodes on all sorts of information to help the newbie and the experienced jeeper. 
Now, I thought it would be fun to pose the questions to you, the listener, and our JTS team. So here goes. If you had one item to pick, what is your favorite item or tool that you have to have on board when you wheel and why? Listeners, call in and tell to the show or email us and let us know. I'm always open to hearing about other things that I might need to add to my Jeep. So for the JTS team, what is your one favorite item and why? I know it's hard to narrow it down to just one, but just mm-hmm. one. No, for, for me, this is kind of an easy one. And, and this is probably going to be a surprise to, to most of you. Uh, and I'll okay. and I'll explain why just in just a minute. It's a pillow. Uh, my 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 pick for the no, it's not a pillow, Tony. But that, that's a good guess. Uh, that's a good, good guess. Uh, good answer, as as I would say on family. Um, and uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, and uh, no, it's a ratchet strap. Actually, there's oh, several yeah. ratchet straps. Yes. And that's and good. the reason why um, is because without ratchet straps, uh, you may not be able to make it down off the mountain. Now you could say, this well, I have a radio true. for that. Well, what if you can't reach anybody on that radio? What if your radio doesn't that's have the right. distance? What if your battery had blown up and that's why you're stranded to begin with? Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of reasons why the radio may not work. A ratchet strap, however, as long as it's not completely rusted and, and, and doesn't work anymore mechanically, the ratchet strap will do its job. And what the ratchet strap can do for you is, gee, I don't know, maybe hold in a C-clip axle for, for a little while longer, yep. uh, possibly, uh, you know, uh, hold and secure um, your your uh, 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 track bar mount off the frame that has sheared itself off the frame. You know, um, how about you know, a tie anything, rod? How about a tie rod? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a tie rod, a knuckle. You know, I mean, there are all kinds of things that you temporarily yeah. and somewhat Temporary. kind of hodgepodge together with a ratchet strap that might just get you down off the trail or into yep. cell phone range or into radio range or to the next house over where you can phone for some, you know, I mean, it'll just, it'll get you there. So, and oh. you know, if you've got a good enough ratchet strap, it can even be used as a toe strap. Broken motor mount would be another thing you could use <laughs> that for. Yes, there indeedy. are so many things you so. can use a ratchet strap for guys. Mm-hmm. He's so right. That's right. So, all right. Now, Tony, I see that you wrote in here. So those of you that want to read the notes for Bill, my husband, yes, extra fuel would definitely be the top of his list. Well, let me, let me, let me sell it. Let me sell it this (laughs) year. Okay, sell it. So Bill, so Bill just sent me a text message. He's listening in and he says extra fuel. I misread that. He goes, don't say extra fuel. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Bill. Oh, that's good. I love it. We still have to harass him for that. It oh, is a yeah. new year, Absolutely. by the way. Yeah. So it's a new year. We can keep doing that. So. 2023. Right, yeah. We haven't used up all of our credits yet for 2023. No, we haven't yet. <laughs> all right, Tony. So how about you? Do you have a favorite item or tool that you uh, you must have on your Jeep that you like? I have, and this is something, and I think this happens a lot, you learn as you go off-road and learn as you have problems. So So, true. So on my list, I have put in, and and Josh is going to agree with this 100%, he already knows this is going to be trouble, Uh, an extra steering stabilizer and uh, the right bolt or socket to be able to change it. And if you can, (laughs) let the person that damaged it change it for you. Oh my gosh. Would have been happy to if I had actually had anything to do with it. But that's, right. that's right, but it wasn't your but, fault. But neither of us have any proof, so we'll just have to go with uh, with what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. No, I really can't that's think of anything good. other than uh, uh, per- perhaps uh, you know. I think Josh actually mentioned uh, 
uh, radio. Uh, what mm-hmm. if you were to, to flip over and your antenna is now touching the ground or it's uh, just it's not yeah. working very well? A magnetic yeah. mount antenna for your GMRS or whatever antenna, I mean, whatever radio you're carrying, a mag mount yeah. antenna so that you can stick it to someplace else on the Jeep and have that work for you. Or maybe even a, a cell phone uh, booster type thing uh, that is uh, mm-hmm. magnetically mounted uh, so that you can call for help. I, I really like the ratchet strap idea. That makes a lot of sense. It I doesn't do take too, up a lot of room. And uh, yeah. as far as it being rusted, man, uh, it, do that like you change batteries in your, uh, I mean, like you're supposed to change batteries yeah, in your smoke detector. Get a new one every so often. Well, or yeah, you know, spray what is it down it? with a little bit of TFAL or WD-40 or something like that, and you'll be good to go. Oh, but it's so much fun to get new stuff. There, there was, what, a couple episodes ago, I talked about the ex- experience we had on the trail. Had we had our ratchet straps with us, uh, Don wouldn't have had to come back and possibly not destroyed that tie rod. Yeah. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen out there. So, all right, Chuck, mm-hmm. what about you? Do you have a favorite item or tool on board? Yeah, cooler full of beer. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's just good all the way around, right? Why am I not surprised? I love it. But you can keep it. You can no, use a ratchet I, strap to get, and keep it in place. Yes. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I, I actually have a, a Jeepers hack that uh, I talk about all the time with my buddies around here. And it actually comes out of the construction world. So there's there's something called rebar tie, tie wire. And it comes in a roll. And the roll is about an inch and a half by four inch in diameter. And it's got about three or four hundred feet of, we'll call it bailing wire. It's actually a thinner uh, thinner wire than bailing wire. And okay. what I've done, what I've done in the past, and I actually have them in all my Jeeps, is you just take electrical tape and you make a giant hockey puck out of this thing. So it's only an inch and a half thick by three and a half or four inches wide. And it's just a, a hockey puck of, it's, you wrap it in, elect, um, in duct tape. And in the mm-hmm. center, you cut across and you can go in the inside and grab your wire out. So when you're, whenever you need your wire, just pull it out and you can pull out a hundred feet, five feet, two and a half inches, whatever you want, cut out the wire and then push it back in and throw it in the back, you know, in the jock box of your Jeep. And I have fixed a ton of stuff with quote unquote bailing wire, but it's Mm -hmm. in a damn hockey puck. And I absolutely love it because on the ranch, bailing wire is kind of what keeps everything running in my Jeep in the past. Bailing wire is really what keeps us out, but who the hell wants this giant conglomeration, this this rat mess of wire that you can go down to Home Depot or Lowe's or any box store, you know, whatever you have at the local town, get this thing, wrap it in, elect- in duct tape, and throw it in your toolbox. And I have always absolutely loved it. Look it up. It's just it's rebar tie wire. It's very, very simple to do. It actually comes wrapped in plastic. You just wrap it more with duct tape. Well, bailing wire was one of the, the typical things that you would take uh, hot rods or off-road uh, vehicles. You always had that tying up exhaust or all kinds mm-hmm. of things. So, well, yep. can, can so I, instead can of split hairs so a little bit having, So instead of having like five or six feet of it, you ended up having like three or 400 feet. And I fixed my frame this way. Like I used my winch wow. to, to pull my frame back together and grab some sticks and a, and a high lift and actually put my frame back together because I ripped my frame in half when I was on the Strawberry Pass Trail up on Highway 88, just south of uh, Lake Tahoe. And we, we literally pulled my, from, we used my winch, we wrapped it underneath the front bumper all the way back to the back bumper, 
suck this frame back together, use sticks and all of this, this entire puck of wire, and we made splints on both sides of the frame rails, and I got out of the trail that way with two frames underneath the same Jeep. So I absolutely love this. So this is what I do. What was that hair you wanted to split, Josh? Yeah. So I... I <laughs> I want to make some distinctions here. Now, what, what Chuck is saying, absolutely true. I, I can't really argue too much about it, but I need to make a, a point of distinction here. And um, there, there is a, a definitely a distinction between bailing wire and, and rebar tie wire, like, like what Chuck was talking about. And Chuck, I can't fault you for using the rebar tie wire. You probably have miles of it laying around. Um, and so go with what you have access to and what you, know, you can probably get for, for next to nothing or free. Um, but I want to make a, a point of distinction here that it's not the best thing to use in this case. Safety wire would be the best thing to use for that case. If somebody is out there saying, oh, I'll just go out and go get some of this stuff and I want to be like Chuck. Um, there's, a, there's a distinct difference between safety wire and tie wire. Tie wire well, generally has Josh. a... Well, yeah. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Wasn't the thing, what's your favorite item you have on board? I know, I know, I know. So, Josh, I mean, I'm adding to that. I said what my favorite item was, and you said, well, wait. And I said, I can't wrong, Chuck. This is not your favorite item. And I said, I can't fault you for it. I couldn't disagree with you at all. So, but people need to know. People need to know that there is a distinct and marked difference That's between right. tie wire and safety wire. Tie wire does not have the tensile strength that safety wire has. Tie wire has a lot more iron in it, and it can actually work hardened when you use it. Safety wire is actually high tensile strength stainless steel wire that is a lot stronger than what tie wire is, and it can actually you can get a lot more strength with a lot less of it. If that's what you decide to, to, to go out and buy. Again, I can't fault you for using bailing <laughs> wire or rebar tie wire, but there is a better product out there that is more that is safer to use and, well, and is stronger. Well, we can than also say there's, there's also something better than a fucking ratchet strap, but <laughs> so what? You use the ratchet strap that so, like. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be like, yeah, I mean. I, I have cranes with cables. Like, cable is way better than a ratchet strap. Well, who fucking cares, man? The ratchet strap is, is a great idea. Is it synthetic so or cable? This. Oh, God. Yeah, I can't wait man, for my part. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, and that's something we need to keep in mind. I thought this was a short segment, and we were filling in the rest of it. And I noticed no. that... She, we haven't no, let we Wendy get to her stuff things. yet. Wendy's been standing it's, there taking pictures of people fine. unwrapping presents, and she hasn't been able to unwrap her present yet. <laughs> I bring warm coats, dang it. Okay, so next time in the future, I'll be careful when I ask what our favorite parts are, but hey, what the heck. <laughs> no, but actually, I think this is good because there's newbies out there, and thank you, Josh, for making that clarification. And again, these are our favorite items. We've all been wheeling. We have reasons for it. So do you guys want to hear mine? <laughs> I'm sorry, we've run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to hear. And we're, we're not going to say Yeah, you can slap me. It's fine. I, I will defend this one. No problem. So for me, it's always hard to narrow it down. But my favorite is the soft shackle. And trust me, I've done plenty of recoveries and training. And I have to say the soft shackle is my most favorite item. Now, for me, it's super easy to use, especially being a woman. I don't have to go looking for a tool to loosen a D-ring or a clevis, yeah. if you want to call it that. Uh, the metal shackles are good for some things, but for most recoveries, I tend to use the soft shackles. They're a little bit safer to use over that metal D-ring just in case something breaks. But 
make sure that you're going to buy American made um, and get a highest rating that you can, like around 45,000 pounds. And you'll need three of them, by the way. That is exactly what we've discovered. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, not one, not two, really? three. And that's usually because we've got points going on if you have to do other things. And I do talk about how we use that stuff. So um, I like Gear America. That's a really good brand uh, that we've had good success with. But I've also used Rugged Ridge and Factor 55. And there's a bunch of brands out there, but American made. So it is the new year. So and that means it's time to... Yes, go ahead, Chuck. Can you help me? Because I'm kind of new to the, some of these terms, and I don't know what a soft shackle is. Can you help me? What What is a soft shackle? So you, you're aware of and the D-ring, right? No, I know. That's right. You're yes, aware I, of the D-ring. So this is like yep. a rope material, for lack of a better description, that has a loop mm -hmm. around it with sort of a ball that sort of connects together to create. It's bigger than a D-ring, by the way. It's probably about four times the size of a D-ring. It's all material, um, kind of like a tight woven rope material, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. And it just gives you an alternative to a D-ring. So if you're hooking up to your strap or to, you know, anything, a winch, so is it, ending I, I, of a winch. So are you familiar with what's called a snatch strap? So it's got like a, it's a, it's, it's a strap with two loops on either side. Is that kind of what this is? It only has a loop on one side and then like a ball on the other. The ball goes through the loop to tighten. And it's a small sort of round circular, if you will, when you hook it on to a D-ring or an anchor point on a Jeep. It's just a way to attach your winch. Yeah, if you just type in soft shackle, you'll see what I'm talking about. And also, too, it's, it's in the show notes, uh, Chuck, if you've got the show is. notes up. Yeah. Oh, so there it is. It's really designed to be a connector between straps and or a winch or whatever that is easier than grabbing and a D-ring. So as you tighten on this thing, the loop around the ball gets tighter so you don't have to worry about it slipping off the little knot that is on correct. the end. Mm -hmm. That is correct. And it's easy, is like I said, for me. That, Baby, is there an issue with that? Is there an issue with that loop falling off the little knot? That Never. would scare the, the knots, shit out of me. No, the knot's actually pretty good size. You actually have to, okay. it's like a slip knot. On the round, on the loop side, you have to, it's like a slip knot. You have to open it up so it actually, oh. I know it's not retracts, but it opens. The, the knot slips and inside I'm of it. Yeah, and, and I hope you know I'm not playing dumb. Like, I really no. never knew what a soft shock, like I, I, like, I have no damn idea. Well, this isn't metal, so it, it makes sense that you wouldn't know. Yeah, right. Exactly. About it. I'm with you, <laughs> man. I, I trust metal. I like the D-rings and so on and so forth, yeah. but I've been hearing a lot about the soft shock. Well, and here's the thing about yeah, the D-rings, too. You know how the D-ring has sort of a U-shape and then there's a screw or nut that goes through it? Yeah, the bolt. If you have to, bolt, thank you, you have to... Use the D-ring properly. Some people want to do it where they pull it apart. That's the worst that it'll actually right. come apart. Yeah. You have to leave that bolt connected to whatever the frame or whatever your, your connection point is and then put your loops, right. your strap or whatever through that little round part of it. So, But for me, yeah. this, See, I, this soft shackle makes it easier, Chuck. I don't have to right. try to take that bolt apart from that the, the D-ring. I have to go get a tool. No screwdriver necessary that uh, Josh talked whatsoever. about. None yeah, right. And sometimes a recovery yeah. is just a simple, I need a tug or a pull. And I don't want to go through the whole toolbox and find the tool mm -hmm. to get it undone. So for me, I can grab those really quickly. I can strap them on both ends. I can put them on someone else's Jeep. I don't have to worry about, 
you know, making yeah. it easy. Fast, strong, uh, so, 45,000 pounds uh, of strength, uh, easy to it's use. Not, that's, yeah. yeah, it's not going to come apart. Right. So. Anyway, that's my favorite part, only because maybe it's me being a woman. I don't have to deal with that me the metal stuff, but it does work, no, uh, and I can uh, carry it all. Nothing to Wendy, if it comes to do doing something easy, we all like being women. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know a right, lot well, of guys that go the easy don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice item to have for quicker recoveries and stuff. So, All right. Yeah. So for the listeners, look, it's a new year, and this means it's time to review the gear that you have on board and make sure that everything's still in good shape. Did you use some of it and there are tears or frays and winch lines, straps, etc.? What about your tools? Did they all make it back in the in the Jeep? I know we had to add wire, nuts and bolts, and ratchet straps, believe it or not, after our last breakdown on the trail. We try to put things back in its place after every Jeep trip, but sometimes life just gets in the way. So reach out and let us know what your favorite item is, and maybe I'll mention it on one of my Newbie Nugget segments. I love when listeners give me suggestions. I appreciate you listening, and thanks for another great year on the, on the Jeep Talk Show team. I'm looking forward to 2023 and getting out there and wheeling and meeting with more listeners. Our 13th year, we've begun our 13th year in uh, publishing this show. So, damn it, thank, and thanks all you guys for being with us so long. Not Chuck, because he hasn't been here a year yet. <laughs> oh, nobody, not Chuck. <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> well, this was kind of fun. I enjoyed uh, hearing you guys' favorite items, too. I think that's kind of fun to do once in a while, just was, to see what we're all doing. I'm sorry it was so long. I just, like, I put in the chat, like, oh, man, you got Perfect. more to it. I thought this was just a short segment that Wendy was doing. It, like, oh, she's got stuff was, for her. <laughs> it, it was short. It's yeah. all good. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know your favorite item, if this is your Jeep, and check out our YouTube channel at Trails411. Lots of great content. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. All right. I know this is a day late and a dollar short, but... <laughs> The winter weather made me think about this. <laughs> and uh, this is, uh, everybody join in on this. This isn't a me read it type thing. This is uh, everybody give their their uh, information on this, uh, even if it's a, even if you don't like the ratchet strap idea. So uh, in very cold weather, it's important to use an engine oil that's suitable for low temperatures. Thicker oils, such as melted grade oils uh, with a higher viscosity rating, like 10W30, 5W30, are generally better at maintaining their flow properties in cold temperatures and can help protect the engine against wear now this doesn't really affect me so much i mean the other day it got down to 16 but i really wasn't concerned about starting the engine uh do do you guys i mean uh really all three of you guys have much more uh extreme cold temperatures than what we have down here at studio a in southeast texas uh josh do you have do you do anything with your oil uh before a big winter event or is the that what they're saying here that the, the 10w30 or the 5w30 uh, adequate for for lo very low pro prolonged temperatures it, it really depends on how long the cold snap is going to last. I mean, if we're looking at, you know, three weeks of, of you know, sub-zero temperature, okay, well, maybe. Um, but we don't really see that cold for that long. And, and so for 99% of the people listening to this, I mean, the, the temperature is, in, I mean, unless you're living up in, you know, uh, the Arctic Circle or something like that, I mean, where you're going to, I mean, you're constantly in those kind of temperatures, 
I mean, it's it's. It, I mean, but your mileage may vary. But no, mm-hmm. Tony, I don't have to. I don't have to. So, do that so out, for you, it's a non-issue. Then you don't really have to worry about it uh, unless it's an extreme, uh, cold, prolonged event. Yeah. Wendy, how about you guys? Is that something similar to what you what you see there in uh, Southern it's, California? It's pretty much what Josh is saying for us because we're in the mountains and we do get a lot of cold. But mostly, if we just run the jeep, you know, even if we're not doing okay. anything for the week, let's say we just turn it on and make sure everything's good. But no, we don't really have any issues now. The diesels we do if it gets super low, we may plug in the uh, bat. What is it? The Heaters. Block heaters. Block heaters. Yeah. Block heaters. Yeah. But that's got to be cold for a long period of time for us to right. do that. Otherwise, you know, they don't start. But really for the Jeep, no, we don't We do not do anything to change anything. Yeah. I, and I have no no information on this. It's one of the reasons why I brought it up uh, to, to warn people if, the, if they don't have uh, uh, any experience with this either. Uh, I know about block heaters. I, I read about a, a, a engine blanket that you can mm-hmm. use. Uh, there's battery heaters that you can put on uh, vehicles for uh, very cold temperatures. Now, Chuck, I know you've had some problems with your construction equipment here recently. I, I've seen you bitching about that on uh, our Discord server. Uh, <laughs> is, is that strictly the diesel ones, or, or uh, how about the uh, the gasoline vehicles? Is that a, All, a concern? Yeah, the cold affects anything that has any kind of liquid state to it, right? So all liquid freezes at a given temperature. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you just have to figure out what kind of liquid you have. So, uh, block heaters get plugged in, and they do not get unplugged until the spring. Uh, you have to keep them plugged in. If you, like uh, our feed tractor, which is a 4200, and it runs a, a, a bale processor, we have to process hay for all the cattle, um, actually cut it up for them. Like a little kid with spaghetti, you know, think about that. You know, you cut all the <laughs> little things up to spaghetti, give it to the little kid. The kid can digest it easier. So, uh um, that tractor was not plugged in one night, just one night, and it took three and a half days to get it started again. Oh, jeez. And you actually have to heat the oil up in the the oil um, reservoir on the bottom of the engine. I don't know what the hell the thing's called. Um, oil pan. So, yeah, so we use like uh, 75,000 uh, BTU heaters, and we just blow heat on them. And then you actually have to ungel the diesel and stuff like that. that. That's no big deal. But even on gasoline engines, it's the same thing. So uh, if, you're, if your vehicle is not uh, equipped with a block heater, which is just a glow plug that goes into a port in the block and it heats the oil up, they uh, have magnetic ones. So you can put it on the oil pan. It'll mag- magnetize to the oil pan, very hardy magnet, and you plug that in. As long as your engine oil is warm, the starter can turn the engine over and get it to go. If it's not, then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of out here, a lot of gas vehicles they just don't run during the the cold snaps. Like I think Thursday night it was negative forty five. So that's that's with, with, with wind chill though, right? Holy cow. yeah, that wind chill. It was like negative twenty nine or thirty. So that's, I don't really give a shit who you are. I mean, anything below that's zero cold. is, sucks. Yeah. 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 So that like even, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So like even the scrambler, which I've done all of this fancy stuff to the motor and got the big, the big um, flywheel and the badass starter and everything. The starter was even gelled. So like I would, I turned the key on, it was Christmas that we went out. We went, we went jeeping on Christmas day and I turned the key and on any starter, there's that spring that like throws the 
the little gear out there and then it'll hit your flywheel and then right. when you do it undo it it springs back it wouldn't spring it would just go wing wing you know because oh, it was so gosh. it was so cold so, so i actually cold. had to go underneath there with a the little heater and heat up the starter so the little Gee, like what lithium piece yeah would allow that stupid old school thing to to actually work yeah so <laughs> well, that's absolutely oil it's yeah, it's a it is a big thing in the Midwest and then up the northern states like the boys that are listening right now the women that are listening right now that are in the northern states are all shaking their heads they're like yep yeah keep them keep them plugged in a hundred percent or you well, keep them running yeah. the entire time like you up in Alaska <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly so yeah this so we, is this is probably old. That. This is probably old news to a lot of you folks out there. I found it interesting because it's something that uh, I've never had to deal with. And uh, I know there's going to be some people out there that maybe have moved into a northern environment that maybe uh, if you didn't, if you weren't learning it here, you learned it last uh, last week or so whenever that big front moved through. Uh, I did not know about the magnetic mounted uh, oil uh, pan heaters, Chuck. That's really interesting and very handy because you don't have to drill any holes or anything. You can just attach it and plug it in and go. And I would assume that those are uh, uh, 110, uh, 120 volt uh, heaters. They're not running yeah. off of your battery or anything, obviously. Right. Yeah, just just a 15, 15 watt plug in. Yeah, right. just regular extension cord. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's really neat. Now, I ha- I know about block heaters as far as going into the water jacket. My XJ had one of those uh, from the factory. Uh, I did not know about the oil pan. I, I read about it when I was researching this. Uh, and uh, even better, you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to drill a hole. You can just get a magnetic mount uh, oil pan heater. So uh, so in addition to using the correct oil viscosity, it's also important to ensure the oil level is correct. Cold weather can cause the oil level to drop. So it's a good idea to check the oil level regularly and add oil as needed. Finally, it's a good idea to allow the engine to warm up for a few minutes before driving in very cold weather. This will help the oil circulate and reach all of the parts of the engine, which can help protect the engine uh, from uh, against wear and improve vehicle performance. Anybody got anything else to, to add that maybe you, uh, we missed about cold weather and oil and just the, the proper uh, running of uh, or using an engine during very cold temperatures? I get the feeling we're going to have another one. Uh, come, uh, uh, you... Uh, Fuel additive, so it's yeah. not just your oil. So you have to have fuel additive. So so really, it's the the especially the the guys with the diesel uh, jeeps. So your fuel filter particulate actually is the is the worst uh, culprit for diesel fuel because diesel will gel up at a certain temperature, uh, usually about twenty degrees. Actually, uh, diesel will gel up even with a winter additive. So when you start getting into the teens, zero and negative. What happens, the fuel filter, the fuel filters that they make nowadays are so tight, um, the microns in them are so tight that it'll actually pull the moisture out of the diesel because all, all fuel has moisture in it. You know, you, we won't say, you know, air quotes, water. It has moisture in it. And when it freezes, the outside of your fuel filter will have an entire casing of a very thin layer of ice. So diesel 911, you need to have it in your garage. And you pour it into your into your um, your fuel filter, and then you need to have Howie's or they make different brands that you can throw it into the diesel tank to um, allow it to it, it won't gel up as as fast. It can actually allow it to go deeper into the cold, and they have it for gasoline as well. So that we go through gallons of that crap here every month. So you, you need to have it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very good information. Yep. 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for free for, I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little? Bit. Do you love the show? Did it help you get through the holidays? I remember in uh, the movie Christmas uh, Vacation, uh, we found that uh, Chevy Chase's dad in that movie uh, got through the holidays by uh, using Jack Daniels. Is uh, is the Jeep Talk Show Jack Daniels for you during uh, during the Christmas break, or was it? <laughs> we hope so. But keep in mind, uh, that doesn't mean we'll always be here. Sure, there's lots of episodes you can go listen to, but don't you like the new episodes? Help us keep the show going by becoming a paid sub, 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 blah, 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 subscriber today. Uh, I mean, if nothing else, use your tax return. And I mean, use the whole damn thing. Not just, you know. <laughs> not just thirty nine ninety five. The whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> be a man or be a woman. And, and just say it. Hell yeah. That's it. Damn it. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I know with uh, New Year's coming up, uh, everybody's making some New Year's resolutions. It's coming up? And I, too, made a New Year's resolution. I promise for next year that I will be 18% funnier. (laughs) With that being said, Chuck, you keep talking about uh, reinforcing your tub with 316 steel and fixing the damage on your tub. And I got to tell you, I enjoy a bubble bath as much as the next guy. But uh, you're a grown man. It's okay to take a shower every once in a while. <laughs> Did I mention it's going to be 18% funnier next year? Next well, that's year. not why I'm calling. I'm calling because my wife, Wendy, not the lovely co-host. Although the lovely co-host could be my wife. My wife could be the lovely co-host. There I'm not go. picky about who's doing the snoring. Oh, yeah, She asked me to take a spider outside instead of killing it. Yeah, we had some drinks. He's a good guy. He wants to get into uh, web development. Oh. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. And you have a good one. Bye. And it's not next year yet. <laughs> it is. It is next year. He missed it. So this is what we have to look forward to. <laughs> 2023. What talking about? Bubble baths? This guy's broken. <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny. So <laughs> bubble let me, baths and, and wait a minute, bubble baths and web design—probably two things that don't necessarily yeah, go together. Fix it. Oops, I don't get it. Whatever. <laughs> so let me ask you guys. This is a math question. That means you're out, Josh. Uh, oh dear. Oh, God. <laughs> well, no. He always Josh, says. He always yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, I was told there'd be no math, so I, I'm, I'm letting him out oh, on this that's one. That's right. It was, yeah. Yes, it was part of the he, contract. I remember. That's right. That. That's right. So, <laughs> is there a such thing as a negative percent? Because if you're going to be 18 percent funnier, if you're already negative in the the funny, can it go positive eventually? <laughs> yes. It's called a liability versus asset. Ah. That's, that's what it is, right? In the business world, he currently is a liability to the show. Next year, no. he might be an asset. Oh, no. He is not a liability. <laughs> Absolutely not. We love Nikki G. Got Don't okay, even listen Nikki, to Chuck. Right back to you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, picking on, he was picking on Chuck, so I can understand. Well, he was, but that's part of that 18% he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm calling back. Calm down. 
I'm not going to go shoot up a dealership. Don't <laughs> come looking for my freaking guns. I mean, if I had any. But of course. I think instead of shooting them, I would uh, take that piece of crap Jeep that no dealer would take the time to fix or just go ahead and replace it for 65 and then make me fight them for two years. I just drove that piece of crap through their front lobby. <laughs> I have done it when nobody was there. He's, he's calm down. But then I down. just realized the piece of crap wouldn't start, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm calm. Thank you. He's he's seen too many discount tower commercials where the old ladies throwing the the tire through the windshield. I mean, through the uh, the main glass. Some, yeah, I think there's some anger issues here that maybe he needs to work through. <laughs> I'm not gonna uh, he, do what everybody <laughs> thinks I'm gonna do. No, that's <laughs> right, yeah, man. All I want to know. <laughs> We're getting a cease and desist from uh, uh, Cheech and Chong now. Exactly. Stop <laughs> it. Half-baked reference there. A movie from, God, what was that, like 98, 2002? Was that the one where the like guy, that? the guy, he looked like, I mean, his normal face was a drug user. Yes, yes. Oh, my yeah, God. Jim, Jim Brewer, is that his name? Is that it? I think yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's yeah. older, and he's still looks that and way. And the guy's, like, never smoked weed in his life, but he looks like the, the like, the, you know, the, the, the epitome. The poster the epitome child. Stoner. Yes, yeah. poster child, excellent, of, right. of stoned. Yeah, that was a, yeah. I don't think I watched the whole thing, but I watched enough of it. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them then with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with the tech, big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. Hey, get up later this week on episode 741, Pat Dingman, and I really appreciate uh, Chris getting all these uh, people that I can pronounce her last name, uh, from SP Powder Coat. SP, like uh, the first two letters of special, uh, SP Powder Coat. Check them out. And be sure you check out our Tuesday Roundtable episodes, where we record a new episode of the Jeep Talk Show every Tuesday and invite you, the listener, to join us. That's right. You can actually be a part of a Jeep Talk Show recording as we do our roundtable episodes. We do it every Tuesday, uh, and we encourage you guys to join us, uh, the hosts, for a recording of the Jeep Talk Show through the uh, through Zoom and around the world's biggest roundtable of nothing but Jeepers. It's a lot of fun. It's it's really uh, it's a lot of fun, really. So uh, seriously consider joining us on our next Tuesday roundtable episode. Uh, how you can do that is really easy. Um, again, it's just through a Zoom um, meeting, that sort of thing. No, you know, pay to play, nothing like that. Sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you will find a link to sign up for our newsletter. In that newsletter, you're going to get the links, the information, all that sort of stuff to actually join in on the Tuesday Roundtable episode. But not just that, you're actually going to get a lot more in the Jeep Talk Show newsletter as well. You're going to find out who we're talking to, what interviews are coming up, when we're going to be giving stuff away, all that kind of great inside information that will help you get the most out of the Jeep Talk Show. So head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll see you next Tuesday on the next Roundtable episode. Well, Jeeper looks like this episode of the Jeep Talk Show has come to the end of the trail, but we've got another episode coming up right around the corner. Until then, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss our latest content. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. 
More often times than not, the I wouldn't do that if I were you is almost always followed by the words, here, hold this. <laughs> you know it's true. That's exactly true. <laughs> Broadcasting since 2010.